0: ready, set, go. Hi, and welcome to Green Grasses. I'm Amy. And I'm Carla. And we are super excited to be back today. Um, We have a very special guest with us, and I'll introduce her in just a moment. Um, But first of all, our outline for today, we are going to um, introduce our good friend Anne. um, And then we're going to have verse of the week with Carla. Um, Anne's going to give us her testimony. And then we're going to talk about biblical counseling and mentorship, which we are really excited about. So, um, let me introduce our guest. Uh, our guest is Anne from our church. Say hi, Anne. Hello. <laughs> Anne is an Arizona native. She's been married for 45 years this month. That's awesome. Um, She has two daughters uh, that are both married. She has five grandchildren, four who are now officially teenagers. That's crazy. And tall. And tall. (laughs) Uh, She grew up going to a very liberal Presbyterian church and became a believer at 25. Um, They have been at our church at Grace Bible Church um, for the past 18 years so welcome in yes Thank welcome you.
1: and i think this is my favorite part of the podcast because i get to share why i love our guests <laughs> so i wanted to share a little bit of, about why i love ann because she has been so instrumental in my life since we got to the church she was one of the first people i met i got to stay at her house like the weekend that we moved for that first <laughs> week So it was honestly just it was so it was so great to be introduced to the church that way to start off. But I feel like every big life decision that Steve and I have ever had, the first thing we do is we have to call the Inksteads. And that's (laughs) what we do. We sit down with them and we go we talk about we need to make this decision. And and what do you think? And they have given us biblical counsel. They have walked walked with us through uh, difficult decisions. Um, And so I just love, I love Anne and I love her wit. And I remember this one specific time, this was years and years ago, we were feeling kind of disconnected from the church. We were living far away. We were like, maybe this is, maybe it's time to go. And um, we thought, well, we need to talk to the Inksteads. (laughs) And we never had this conversation because we were like, okay, well then we need to be ready. You know, we need to be ready with our reasons for which we want to leave. And when we started going over reasons we couldn't come up with one so we're like well I guess we don't need to have that conversation and then we've been at the church and we've never really looked back we just decided we needed to commit we needed to move and we needed to do what we needed to do to be faithful to the church. And so, but see, we didn't even need to have the conversation. <laughs> and it's like you were, you know, shepherding us to some extent because we knew if we were going to talk to you, we better be ready with our reasons. And they better be good because, you know, they will very, very lovingly, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, um, I don't know, you know, very lovingly point you in the right direction. So,
0: mm-hmm. And Tom and Ann have both been. I, like, I can't even imagine being where we are right now without your just love. <laughs> mm-hmm. Praise God. And we're yes. so thankful yes. for you guys. Um, and I think there are a lot of people at mm-hmm. our church that feel that way. So, And we yes. don't say this to flatter you. We, we say it in like really out of love. Like mm-hmm. we do love you guys so much.
2: Thank you. Mm-hmm. And that's just an evidence of God's grace mm-hmm. in my life and my husband's life because yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: so you are our favorite elders <laughs> wait,
0: wait, 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 actually, wait, wait, wait. actually wait i'm no. not
1: an elder oh yeah. if true, anything true. i'm an elder true, 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 true. actually no <laughs> you are my or tom is my
0: elder if i can you know yeah. if there's anyone that
1: i consider my elder it's tom well,
0: praise god <laughs> i know but i do love i really do love that our church like i yes. feel like i could go to any of our elders that but is true you no, you're definitely just because of the things we've been through you're you're the first on my mind Grace god <laughs> not evidence of god's grace yes well awesome well we are going to um transition over a little bit um do i get my sports minute now yeah okay carla <laughs> can have her sports minute. Amy now. said i can have a minute
1: because I might be the only one interested in this. I'm sure there's others. Anyway, I just have three very quick points to make. Baseball opening day is April 1st, so I'm really April excited Fool's about that. April Fools Day.
2: Hmm. Oh, What's the connection? That
1: is not good for a superstitious <laughs> baseball fan. Oh, no. You shouldn't have said that, Anne. The whole season might be jinxed. It's true. Oh, man. The second big thing is that J.J. Watt is coming to the Cardinals. I'm not sure how I feel about that because he's been injured a lot, but he's a big name. And uh, the Suns play the Lakers tonight, which is significant because their record is, the Suns record is 22 and 11, which makes them a really good team. And the Lakers are 24 and 11, so they'll be pretty evenly matched. And it's always a big deal when Arizona beats LA. So there, there.
0: I mean, I'm always good with beating California. And that is my sports minute. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yay, I think Carla. that was
0: under a minute, too. It's good, yeah. Um, <laughs> I wanted to mention how uh, last week, when we had Renee on, we talked about uh, speech and language pathology in children. Um, was our episode, and just how, like, I, I didn't expect it to be so engaging. It was really interesting to me. It really was. Yeah. And I've I've had, and you've had several comments about that too, like not even pertaining to children necessarily, but just, it's a helpful frame, you know, frame of reference for, you know, people in all different kinds of situations. So I just, I wanted to put a plug in there that if you haven't listened to last week's with Renee, Mm -hmm. um, to listen to it, I think it was episode seven. Um, It was really good and really encouraging. Yeah, and if you
1: don't have little ones or anything, it's still so helpful because I feel like a lot of what we talked about too is if there's an accident of some kind that can affect your speech, that's Mm -hmm. important. So it's just good to know some of these things when you either know someone that's experienced something significant. Um, It doesn't have to be like a traumatic brain injury or anything like that. Just be, you know, I don't know, knock out teeth, as simple as that.
0: I just reference what happens to my kids, but yeah. anyway, it was very helpful. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so go back and listen to that one. It was very, it was a really encouraging episode, and um, we're going to try to have her back on to talk about adults as well. So um, hopefully, you know, that will make it even more yeah. Oh, yeah applicable. So Carla is going to do our verse of the week. Yes.
1: And I recently got this new book. It's called The Psalms, A, a Primer for Prayer. It's written by William Barrick and Eric Kress. And I know him as Bill Barrick. And some people may know him as Dr. Barrick because he's a, a professor or used to be a professor. I'm not really sure. At the master's Seminary. I know him because um, he was the Sunday school teacher in my Sunday school class in the church we came from in California that's now called Placerita Bible, and I loved his study on the psalms, and he would always sing them, and so this just reminds me so much of sitting in his Sunday school class. And I learned so much from him, so when I saw that he wrote this book, I was so excited to get it. What it is, is he, um, there's a psalm that's just printed on, and then the next page is how you can pray through the psalm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read through Psalm 16, and then I'm going to read through his prayer. And it just really, and so I've been using it when I pray to start, because it just helps me focus on the word, pray through the word, and it helps me to prepare my heart when I'm praying. So I'm going to read Psalm 16, and I will put the information of this book on the website, so if you're interested in getting it, um, you can. You can I'll, I'll put a link so that you can get it. So this is Psalm 16. The Lord, the psalmist, portion in life and deliverer in death. Preserve me, O God, for I take refuge in you. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. You have no go- I have no good besides you. As for the saints who are in the earth, they are the majestic ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who have bartered for another God will be multiplied. I shall not pour out their drink offering of blood, nor will I take their names upon my lips. The Lord is the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You support my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Indeed, my heritage is beautiful to me. I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. Indeed, my mind instructs me in the night. I have set the Lord continually before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will will dwell securely. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures evermore. this is my cry. Preserve me, O God, for I take refuge in you. You are my Lord; I have no good beside you. You, Lord, turn my heart to you and your people, and away from the world and its idols. Father, preserve me. Preserve in me a delight for my fellow believers, your holy ones. I am satisfied in your blessings. I am satisfied with your blessings, truly satisfied in you, Lord. Your spirit, through your word, directs my thoughts and keeps me steady. I praise you, Lord, for your counsel. Father, thank you for your strength you have supplied to me. I praise you for the promised resurrection and the glory to come, Lord Jesus. You are the first fruits of life from the dead and the very source of eternal life. Praise be to God. Lord Jesus, show me the path of life and give me joy. Thank you, Father, for raising me from the dead, that I, might provide, uh, that I might provide redemption, eternal life, peace. Oh, this is a section where he talks about um, how Jesus could be interceding for you. And so he says, thank you, Father, for raising me from the dead, that I might provide redemption, eternal life, peace, and joy to all your people. Pour out upon them all the hope, joy, and forgiveness they inherit through my death and resurrection. And he has verses that go through that part where um, of intercession. Cool. So, what was the name of the book again? It's called the Psalms: A Primer for Prayer. Hmm.
2: Okay. Wow. Thank you. It's actually—it's actually a primer. Primer? Yeah. Primer is paint. <laughs> you know the gospel.
1: Is it primer. the gospel primer? Is it really a really primer?
2: It is primer, but mm-hmm. I never say that. I always say a gospel primer.
1: I've only ever heard it yeah. primer. Yeah, huh. it's well. I, English is my second language. Yeah, you so have that's a good
2: excuse. excuse. I don't. <laughs> well, I don't, and I could be totally wrong, but I don't think huh. so. I would. I would have yeah. thought it'd have two m's for primer. No. Well, there's primer and primer. Primer right. is primer is paint. Huh. So interesting. interesting. So but uh, okay. I'm going to tell you, that looks like a really worthwhile book. It is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I'm far excited. I've been,
1: I've really enjoyed it so far. Yeah. It really it really helps me get my heart ready. Yeah. I had not seen that. It's pretty new. Okay. I saw his wife. I talked to his wife um somewhat often, I guess. Who's when? Um, Bill Barrett's Barrett's wife. Oh, okay. Yeah, cuz we all went to church at Plastida, oh, okay. And how so old I got is to he? know her.
2: Oh, is gosh, he ever? I don't seem like older than he's a little a older. lot older than me. Or no.
1: And I don't even know how old you are, so mm. I couldn't even tell you. Okay. <laughs> so, um Okay. I don't know. He's Taught seminary for a long time, and now I don't think he's doing it as much, but I'm not sure. So Okay. Have like like I can grown ask. children,
0: right? Yeah. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Our, the next thing, now that we had our, our word lesson, is um, Anne will tell us uh, her testimony and how she came to Christ. And after she's done with that, we'll start our, our questions. And yes, I was derelict in my duties this week. I could not get myself ready for the Character of Nations book <laughs> review. It was just one of those weeks where, you know, there's kids to feed and drive and baseball
0: games to go to and so it just
1: it just didn't happen yeah
0: that's okay yeah that's okay it leaves us more time for right yeah yeah all
2: right and so would you tell us your testimony so i grew up in a family our family went to church Um, my parents were divorced when i was five which way back then we were like the only family whose parents were divorced. And I now look back and see that really did impact me more than I probably ever wanted to admit. Um, we, We did go to church, but it was a super, super liberal Presbyterian church. And I don't want to throw it under the bus, but... I was not a believer thought I was Um, and then I met Tom and he was brought up Catholic and faithful Catholic family and we got married and probably we we went to various different churches along the way Um, even I even taught Sunday school as a non-believer and through a whole bunch of really kind of neat circumstances but I won't go into we well okay I'll share this so we had this guy come into our house and do some remodeling and he was a believer he never shared the gospel with us he saw a book Dr. Dobson book um, and he mentioned it and said well you guys should come to my church and so we drug our two little girls and went to church, and that was where the Lord changed our hearts, and that was, well, I was, I think it was like, I was trying to figure it out driving over here, I think it was 38 years ago. Our girls were like four and six, so you can do the math, they're old. (laughs) Like, they're Um, older than these two ladies I'm here with, I think. No. No, wait.
1: No, I'm the oldest, I am sure.
2: What year were you born?
1: Do you really want me to <laughs> yeah, say I that do.
2: now? And, and I'll tell okay. you mine. <laughs> I,
1: 1976.
2: That see, that's when I got married. We got married. See,
1: So I'm older than yeah. you. But I knew yeah. I knew I
2: was older but, than one yeah. of them. Yeah. Um, Krista was born in 77, and Lisa was born in 79. So really, yeah, huh. yeah. So Tom and I were always this side note. Um, Tom and I were always the oldest. No. The youngest people with the oldest kids. Mm-hmm. And we still are. It's really weird, but it's okay.
1: So I have a question. When you were at the Presbyterian Church and mm-hmm. you were an unbeliever, you thought you were a believer? I guess uh, that was more of a statement. I, I, Did I, you think I, you were a believer?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I think in that church, Like, pretty much, if you're American, if if you have a pulse, you're a Christian. Okay. Yeah. So, there it, and you know, along the way, what's really crazy is as a non believer, I really, and I don't want this to sound arrogant, but I understood that God was sovereign, that He had control over everything. Mm -hmm. I believe that. Now, did that change me? No. It, it really, and and even the gospel that Tom and I responded to was really, people would cringe that understand the doctrines of grace, um, which, you know, you guys mm-hmm. should do a podcast on that, on I think. On the doctrines
0: of grace. Yes, doctrines
2: mm-hmm. of yeah. grace. That's, yeah. a, good That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, would you like
1: to come back and do that <laughs> one? Uh,
2: no, I think I'd rather find somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> no I actually would because I think it's so foundational it but mm-hmm. the the gospel we responded to okay you may want to cut this out I don't know God has a vote Satan has a vote you have the final vote oh wow and we voted yes huh. yeah really bad but mm-hmm. the thing is God used that mm-hmm. we understood that we were sinners that we were not in right relationship with God and mm-hmm. Probably at that time couldn't have defined that you know God is a God of justice and wrath and you need to believe mm-hmm. so anyways it, I look back and I kind of cringe and hate to share it except for encouragement that you know what God God can use, God anything. Can use anything you know the the man that the husband of the couple that discipled us Probably, I think that was like 25 years ago. He was saved through the ministry of Jim, uh, is it Jimmy Swagger. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so God can use bad things. doesn't mean, you know, we shouldn't yeah. be better equipped. Yeah. But And anyways. grounded
1: in truth. Yes, yes. And in scripture, yes. right.
2: Absolutely.
1: So. I have another question. Yes. So... <laughs> From the time... So you and Tom were saved at the same time? Yes. Again, yes. not really a question. Yes. So were yes. you
2: and Tom yes. saved? Yes, we were, within okay. weeks of each other. And, okay. and the thing was, for us, it wasn't this radical thing like, Oh, I wasn't a believer, now I am. Because we both had grown up in the church. So that made made it weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, where... Some people would say, "Oh, well, you know, you have to know the dates that you were saved." Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I don't think so. It kind it of blurred. Time frame. It blurred the line. Yeah, it was a time frame.
1: Yeah. Okay. So now I have another question. Of so, you know, from the time that and so you had you already had Lisa and Kristen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have been married for a while, right. As right.
2: unbelievers, we were nice pagans. Okay. We really were. <laughs> we, you know, a lot of times the lord will use a crisis Mm -hmm. and i am very thankful to say he did not use a crisis in our life and so maybe those foundations of going to church that was important but i think you know god uses all different means Mm -hmm. to save his people yeah
1: so what were the biggest changes that you saw from before you were a christian (laughs) And how you know in your in yeah. your family life yeah. and to after?
2: Um, okay, one of the oh, I know this goes out amongst the <laughs> airwaves. This makes me crazy, but for me, one of the biggest one of the biggest noticeable changes for me was I spoke like a sailor. Did you? I did. Really? I did, and that stopped. Um, I can even remember at the first church we were at playing volleyball, and I missed a shot, and I said, oh, shoot. And the people, all their faces looked at me like I had said the other bad word. And I'm like, I didn't say that. I promise I didn't say it. It was really important to me because I didn't say that. Mm -hmm. And then what I began to see the importance of, you know, what you watch, what you listen mm. to, um, what you fill your mind with, mm-hmm. and that changed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it wasn't horrible stuff, but it just wasn't, it it was just not good.
1: Well, conviction yeah. of sin changes. Yeah. So yeah. what what yeah. didn't bother yeah. you before right. would start to bother right.
0: you after. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. So what was the biggest change that you saw in Tom?
2: Probably the same thing. And like I said, both, I mean, we... We really were a happy little family. There wasn't, you know, I mean, it's not that we were perfect by any means, but we, you know, I always say we were really nice pagans. You you would have thought, maybe, maybe you would have thought, except for the language. Yeah, that was <laughs> That's bad. so crazy to think about. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Knowing yeah. you guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that was a big one for both of us. Mm-hmm. So how long
0: would you say after you guys came to know Christ, um,
2: that you started counseling other people? Probably, I think, I was trying to think about this, I believe we really started in maybe like 99? 98 somewhere in there um, where we started and, and it may have even been a little bit before that um, but in 1999 we were discipled by a couple and um, they we would go to their house every Monday night and we went through what's called called to obedience and it is a big fat book and you look up and write out scriptures and that's where it started and then I'm trying to remember I mean that was what 22 years ago went through that and then it was like okay now it's time for you to start discipling and I'm like oh okay
0: <laughs> yeah
2: yeah I was like uh are you sure and yeah Dover right we, we Dover it right in Am I saying yeah, that correctly? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So anyways, so that, so it's been, and we've gone to multiple, multiple um, counseling trainings. Um, we've gone to San Diego for that for a week and really sat under some great teachers like Jay Adams, mm-hmm. George Scipione, both of those men are now with the Lord. So mm-hmm. that was that was kind of how that happened.
1: Well, I can say that your counsel is definitely biblical because you just help us. You guys have just helped us um, with scripture understand. You just understand how how it applies to your life, really, in any in any situation. Praise so.
0: God. Yeah. Well, I think that leads us very smoothly into our questions. So, yeah. okay, um, we'll just get started right away. Okay, ding ding. ding. That's right, our bell. <laughs> I, I, I need gonna to have get a sound bell. bell. Today. Um, <laughs> Alright, so and can you tell us, can you define for us what is biblical counsel?
2: Yes. And I'm I'm gonna just tell your audience. I brought notes so that I'm reined in, which probably won't happen super well <laughs> because I'm not a reined in type of person. Um, this is unplugged and instead. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, that's that's a problem. Okay, so counseling is a conversation where one party with questions or problems and trouble seeks assistance from someone they believe has answers solutions and help and that is from heath lambert who is one of my favorite biblical counselors so if you can get books by heath lambert you will be well advised listen to what he says really great guy then and i I can't, okay, and I'll, I'll just say this. Everything I say is pretty much researched, which makes me not a plagiarist. So,
1: <laughs> Well, and then if there are any resources you mention, even if you don't mention their yeah. name, we'll make sure to put some of those resources out on the website so that okay. people have access yeah. to them.
2: Okay, yeah. I figured I would be able to give you multiple links. Yes. Okay. okay. So, for counseling to be considered biblical, Scripture must have an active, functional control on any methods of change and growth. Biblical counseling is heart-focused, and I know listening to your earlier podcast, you talk a lot about the heart, and that is the control center of man, It's who we are, and that's where biblical counseling focuses.
1: Okay. Um, So, you know, being in the church, I think we hear a lot about biblical counseling, but we also hear a lot about, you know, psychology. And we, you know, a lot of us just from the world, just from the world, and you know, and so, what would you say is the difference between biblical counseling or a biblical counselor and a psychologist?
2: Okay, so I could, I actually brought seven pages. No, actually, twenty-two pages of what the (laughs) difference is. Oh wow, (laughs) we won't go through. Yes, we won't be going through that. So I want to, so a psychologist is an expert in psychology, and psychology is the study of the human mind and its functions, especially those affecting behavior in a given context. One of the interesting things, and I checked my facts, um, because originally I had over 350 Schools of psychology, and I'm not talking about brick and mortar buildings, I'm talking about different types of psychotherapy. And I couldn't find that 350 number, but I did find 250. And there's different methods, Is different, it different methods. applications of yeah. psychology. Different, all there's Skinner, there's mm-hmm. Freud, there's um, Rogers. Yeah, Rogers. Um, yeah, there's all, I mean, and, and each one has their own little thing. And most students that go get a psychology degree would be taught like the top 15, and then they figure out whatever system works best for them. The difference is the foundation. For a biblical counselor, for counseling to be biblical, you have to use God's word. That's the big thing.
1: Okay.
0: Do you have the next one? <laughs> yes,
2: although I'm, I can I'm, I'm trying it. to. Yeah.
0: I was trying well, to say, do I want to go off on that path? Because well, I well, have so many questions. Well,
2: let, let me just add one other. Okay. We'll throw. I mean, there's a lot of terms that that get that are out there. So there's psychologists, but then there's psychiatrists. So what's true, a yes. psychiatrist? The psych- psychiatrist is actually a medical doctor. They can write prescriptions, but a psychiatrist is typically not going to sit and meet with you week after week and talk through your problems. They They'll probably write you a prescription and maybe send you on your way and maybe send you to a psychologist okay so, so, so the psychologist kind of is difference. the one that
0: you typically see like the couch and you're there each week
2: yeah yeah
0: but they can't yeah. write prescriptions mm-hmm.
2: well that's interesting because i had misspoken with someone there are now five different states where psychologists if they have some extra training can write prescriptions really yeah um, Is that new? I'm not sure when that started. I'm gonna say yes. Okay. And I'm I'm not sure. I wasn't able to figure out whether or not there's even more states, but at mm-hmm. least in five but states. Some, okay.
0: Yeah. So I, I have a question. I don't think we have it on here. Ready, and this was uh, I know. Oh, no. Ready. Oh, okay. I'm gonna okay. throw it okay. at you. If if you are someone who thinks I have a problem, would your first recommendation would be biblical counseling
1: this assuming that they're the, christians in a
0: church this is assuming that they're christians in a church and they're thinking man i'm just i'm depressed all the time <laughs> you know things like that like yes you want to go and yes. seek a biblical counselor yes.
2: i i believe so now, if you have a broken arm, please go see a doctor. <laughs> However, you may need a biblical counselor to come come alongside you and say, you know, I realize you you're really struggling because you can't lift up your baby anymore. Let me help you with that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that would always be always is a strong word, but why it would not hurt to go talk to somebody. A pastor, an elder, and a, a, a godly person, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, to kind of yeah. direct your pastor. Right, right, right. Great. Okay.
0: So, well, then our next question on here is, um, how would, how does biblical counseling compare to what is commonly referred to as Christian counseling? Because there yeah. are a lot of Christian right. counselors right. out there that right. might not be biblical counselors, well, and there's a lot of churches that will outsource.
1: Yes. they are counseling to yes. Christian
2: counseling yes. centers yes that is true so so what's the difference so there are areas where they're similar they want to help people um, typically Christian counselors or are, are going to be more conservative um, in you know what they think is right and wrong but the two biggest areas of disagreement, well, the biggest one is I, wouldn't, I do not believe you need to throw in or add psychological therapies and psychological schools of thought. I don't think you need to be trained in psychology to be able to help someone. That's the biggest thing. They integrate or put together two things, and often they use the Bible. Again, I want to be so careful because I don't want, I, my heart is not to throw someone or something under the bus. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I, I've heard this said a lot. You know, I, I, I think you, we all went to secular colleges and so you, you hear all of this. Talk about the complexity of the human mind talk about how there's all these things and it's just so complicated and you can't even know
0: yourself right the
1: complicated (laughs) nature of the of, of the of the mind the complicated nature of the heart and emotions and how all of that works together and there's the idea that the bible would not be enough for that
2: right and all i would say is wait a minute what do we know about god's word if we believe, it, it boils down to the sufficiency of Scripture. It boils down to who made us, who are we as men and women, Are are we basically good, or do we have a bad heart. And when I say heart, I'm not talking about our ticker. I'm talking about our mind, our soul, mm-hmm. our spirit. All Those are all interchangeable terms. Um, and I believe that the God who wrote His Word through men mm-hmm. by the Holy Spirit's inspiration knows way more, way more about man than man does. So it's a sufficiency issue mm-hmm. when you kind of scrape it away. Right. And so
1: now, you know, we've kind of made distinctions between Christian counseling and then biblical counseling and how, you know, I mean, I'm going to comment about how churches kind of outsource that. Um, so what do you think is the role of the church in counseling? If we're going to if we're going to kind of narrow the focus to talk about biblical counseling in the church, what do you think the role of the church is?
2: absolutely critical. It is the church's job. It is not something to outsource. Mm-hmm. Bottom line. Um, it is what God has called the church to do. There are multiple scriptures that talk about I'm trying to think where I have them written down.
1: Well, and some um, of it goes back to um Kind of the sufficiency thing too. Yeah, we, we first in our very first podcast, I think we went over Psalm 19. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely, it, it, you know, it, that's what, just what we, and that's kind of why we wanted to start it there because it was, um it was important to know that the scripture is sufficient.
2: Right. Well, let, let me share a, a couple of them. Okay. That, I mean, this, this flat out, it's the church's job. Um, okay, here we go. Um, First of all, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture, all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Well, when you have a problem, that's what you need, is someone to teach you, to reprove you you where you're wrong for correction to help you where you're wrong and to help train you towards righteousness to help you think rightly um, colossians three sixteen. let the word of christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing with thankfulness in your hearts to god with all wisdom, we're to teach and admonish one another. Admonishing is part of counseling. Um, and does admonishment have the tone of correction? It, it, admonishment kind of gets a bad rap. It sounds like, really, you're going to admonish me? Uh, mm-hmm. Don't sign me up for that. But it, it means to correct, okay. to, set, to set right. Um, I like that, to set right. Yeah. First and and this is probably I mean there's this is there's just a host of verse verses that would help, but another and we can one, list them if you yeah. don't get to all of them yeah. we, we'll list let, them. Let me read one more because this one's pretty well. They're all critical. Okay, <laughs> so we could just read the Bible and that would be your podcast. Just read your Bible. Yes, First Thessalonians five fourteen. We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. And then the rule for the helper is be patient with everyone. And sometimes that can be hard. You can get impatient when somebody's being when
1: I like how that verse speaks to the different kinds of people. Right. And that there isn't one even we always come with scripture and with truth, but you know, there is the faint hearted. There is the weak. And that and I think that speaks to the complexity. Right. Of
0: personalities. Well, that and the process of it too. Like when you come, a lot of times you are faint-hearted, you know, and you have to encourage them to get them to the place where you can admonish them. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That that takes a lot of instinct too, to like be able to know where they are and speak to where they are. Right. Um, Okay. Yeah, that's great. So, um, okay. So this is a big question. Ready? (laughs) Yeah, are you ready? Uh So, we see in the world right now, there is so much psychology that is put into everything. (laughs) You know, even the schools and what our kids are having to deal with. And, you know, as we're trying to be wise about, you know, even the people in our church that are struggling with things or in our homes. from from a biblical counseling perspective what are your thoughts on the term mental health and that is such okay that's why we had you come yeah. talk yeah.
2: because yeah. It, this is such a big topic and yeah i don't want to so the definition of me- mental health is a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being well Usually what we're talking about is how somebody is doing spiritually, how they're doing in their mind, their heart, their soul, their spirit. Well, those are things that God talks about. Now, for a non-believer, some of the mental health stuff that's out there is the best it's gonna get. If they don't if and, and can they come to biblical counseling? Sure. But what that is, is pre-evangelism. Mm-hmm. Right. It is, it, it's not an easy subject. And I am going to give you a link to one of my favorite other biblical counselors. There's, and there's a lot of them. And it he is a medical doctor. And his name is Charles Hodges. And he, I think he's in Indiana, but I could have the wrong, or maybe Illinois. It's, I think, one of the I states. And he has a, I don't know, conference, it was an hour-long talk, um, What's Medical About Mental Illness, and I will send you the link. He's engaging, he, he's, it's just super, super helpful, but it's not so medical that the layman walks away going, what in the world did this guy say? So I will send you the link for that. And I think for anybody that's thinking about stuff like this, it will be super helpful for them.
0: So what, what would you say is the biggest takeaway from what he says?
2: Oh, I actually have a quote of his. Oh. And, this is, and, and this is super helpful. Never call sin a disease. Hmm that the Bible, when the Bible calls it sin, we call it sin. So an example of that would be alcoholism. No, that's drunkenness. And the Bible is very clear about being drunk and that being drunk, being a drunkard, is sin. So don't tell somebody it's a disease and... There's a lot of people out there that do not agree, mm-hmm. but I do not believe that alcoholism is a disease. Do I think it's something really hard? Do I think there's components to, to being addicted or constantly using alcohol um, that makes it very difficult to get off of it? Yes. and. Hodges has some other stuff, and I'll I'll just make sure you have these links that talk about that and talk about the different, like there are seven different receptors in our brains and with alcohol, it hits all seven of them, whereas I think like marijuana hits one. Oh, wow. So that's why being a drunk is really hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the other piece, he says, which I think is super important, is, and never call anything sin, that the Bible does not clearly identify as sin. So, for example, I would not tell someone, you can never have a glass of wine, because the Bible doesn't say that. Mm -hmm. Now, I know there are those that would say, well, if you never have a glass of wine, then you'll never become a drunk. Well, there's truth to that, and maybe you need to know yourself. But if having a glass of wine is not listed in Scripture as sin, I'm not going to, I won't go there. But I might give somebody my opinion, and I have no problem doing that. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay, I lost my place. Give me one second.
0: Okay. Did you have any follow-up questions to that, Amy? Um, no, I think the next one kind yeah, of goes. Yeah, it kind of like goes. That's
1: that. kind of what I was thinking. Okay, so what would you say to someone you are counseling if they ask for medication?
2: I'm not a doctor. I can't <laughs> write you a prescription. Um, but if they're asking my opinion, yeah. you know, I, let's say they're very depressed mm-hmm. and they want to know what I think about them going on on medication I if they're asking my opinion I will give it I will let them know very strongly I am NOT a doctor I'm not married to a doctor I don't have a brother or sister that's a doctor I just know a couple of doctors that's it but I would part of my opinion would be that they need to research carefully what are the side effects how hard is this medication to get off of Um, uh, how long would they need to be on it is it proven that that it helps i tell them again check the side effects some of the medications that they give to help different issues can make it worse Mm -hmm. and i have an expression If they're not on medication if they're asking my opinion and you hear a lot of ifs in there um, you know the devil you've got you know what you feel like you don't know how you're going to respond to this medication and I've just in my many years of life seen some really bad reactions to drugs um, that they're super scary and it isn't always what are psychotropic drugs that drugs for depression drugs for anxiety it can be there was an article well last year in February so right when oh never mind Um, I'm laughing at myself never mind Um, I'm not going there Um, we all know what happened in February and March of 2020, but we're not going to talk about <laughs> it. This was something else. Um, there was this something that came out about Singular, which...
1: Isn't that like for... Um, what's it called? Allergy.
2: allergy. Yeah. allergy. It's so an allergy. Like it's yeah. an allergy medication. There was a little boy in Arizona. The article's on Arizona Central. I'll give you the link for that. Taking Singular, it... This seven-year-old boy ended up depressed, angry, violent. I mean, he was a mess. It was singular. Singular is an allergy medication. This little boy started having all kinds of, quote, mental problems. It was the medication. And, you know, say say that parent had brought him to a biblical counselor, we could counsel all day long, but if we don't get that medication out of his system, he's going to be a mess. Mm-hmm. And and I so that's where I, I medis, medications are a blessing in many ways, but they also can be cause very serious side effects. Um, even ibuprofen, Tom ended up in the hospital two or three times with he's he's anaphylactic to ibuprofen totally. yeah so I, I'm like yeah. I, I, I love medicine and I hate it all at the same time
0: so <laughs> so has there ever been an instance where you were counseling someone and you thought like
2: maybe we need to look into medication no 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 mm. um a lot of times people will already be on medication mm. if they want to get off I tell them, go talk to your doctor. Mm-hmm. You need to mm-hmm. make sure how, you know, you don't, some of these medications, you don't just stop taking them or you will end up in a right. big mess. And so it needs to be done or uh, the doctor that prescribed it needs to help them get off it if that's what they want to do. Um, I, I just... And it, I'm not a doctor, so I really it's something I try and steer clear of. But again, if somebody asks my opinion, well, I have no problem, you know. And I'll sometimes ask them, "Well, you really want me to tell you what I think?" Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm getting in trouble. So. so do you do you believe then that
0: that everyone can, with the gospel, with the Bible, can overcome?
2: Yes, I do. I think for some people, it's going to be harder. I do think, and and Dr. Hodges talks about two specific things that he believes within. I don't know the next. I don't know what time frame he's thinking. Schizophrenia mm-hmm. and bipolar. That was my one. next. That was going to
1: be my question yeah. is because there yeah. are some of these right
2: neurological really right.
1: Neuro- neurological yeah,
2: things. and what he believes so there's what's called the DSM five, It's now five. It's in the fifth edition um, and diagnostic oh, something. Oh, it's,
1: it's, it's it's like a not a journal. It's, it well, um, it's like
2: the the quote bible of all the mm-hmm. different mental health diseases, and he believes that within the next, I, and he didn't give a time frame that bipolar 1 and schizophrenia will end up being pulled out of there and put into the medical illness category
1: not mental
2: not mental yeah because we'll there are changes there are changes in the brain now it's he said there he the way he put it they're just kicking the door open on this and figuring it out Mm -hmm. and our brains do affect our you know if if somebody falls off a horse or gets a concussion and then all of a sudden they're acting what mental you need there's probably something happened to their brain Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. their mind their brain you know um some the Someone that has a brain tumor Mm -hmm. um, that can all of a sudden become very angry. If, you know, if say somebody that has been, as we call it, a steady Eddie for years and years and years, and all of a sudden is having angry outbursts or is crying all the time or, you know, just is, is not themselves, they need to go to a medical doctor. Now, where the hiccup is, is that the medical doctors can't see something if there's not pathology, if there's not a brain tumor, if there's not, if there's not evidence, then they'll send them home and tell them it's all in their head. And I, I, that has become something that Tom and I keep bumping up against, and Tom actually went through. Over the, he's had some neuro, neurological symptoms for the last two and a half years. And we went the whole path, and it was pretty awful. They asked my husband, the doctor, asked my husband, so what are you trying to get out of? <laughs> yeah. And I, it's a good thing... I had a mask over my face because I probably would have. I it would have it would have been bad. I probably would have ended up in jail. Um, and oh that God. that was like a guard over my mouth. And 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 it so, and that's unfortunately what happens when doctors can't find something, and they. It ended up, and you know, and I asked Tom if I could share this since it's going all across the world. Um, We're not, maybe not
1: quite that popular, but maybe someday. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, But I mean, it was heartbreaking, and that uh, the blessing in it is both he and I now have so much more compassion. For people that are thrown in that camp and it's happening all the time. Mm-hmm. In the last couple years, we we start thinking about how many people we personally, not like second, third, fourth hand, know that have been told, Well, we think you know, we can't nothing to see here. Go home, it's all in your head, go get, you know, biofeedback, go see a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. And it's multiple people and when you're a believer it's like what it does play mind games so that was quite the rabbit trail but um <laughs> yeah um so you you asked i think we're on this one does medication ever have a role with, within counseling that was our next okay. one yeah is that the next one okay It kind of blurred yeah it did it did well and I, there's twofold. We have to define our terms. So if somebody comes and they're on medication, it really helps to know what it is and what it does because that could be playing a part in it. Um, there are a lot of medical conditions where medication is absolutely appropriate. If you've got diabetes, you know, you got type 1, you're di- changing your diet, well, might help some, but it's not going to take that away. Um, my, and this has always been where I go, medication is not necessarily the first resort. You always do the, the easiest, less invasive thing first. And I think that like even, you know, if I'm trying to think of an example, do the easiest thing first. You know, if if you've got a backache, go go to the chiropractor first, or go use um, you know icy hot first before you go take medication. Try try the simplest things first. Don't go get back surgery right off the bat. Try and do exercises. That's you always, in my opinion, you always do the easiest thing first. Well, that's not often. What happens a lot of times, doctors are treating symptoms, and so they'll give you a medication. So if somebody comes and sees me, and they've got horrible back pain, and they're taking really strong medications, I need to be aware that that could be affecting them.
1: Um, well, and like it reminds, that kind of reminds me of my mom who kind lives with chronic pain Yeah, and that can, that can really affect your mood. It can yes. affect, you yeah. know, it can affect yeah. how much you see people. And so it can affect your disposition just in general. And right. so it can make you... You know, when you weren't a sad person, it can make you sad. It can, right? And it has more to do with your physical condition and medications you're on. I know she's got one medication that makes her like really foggy. You know, Mm -hmm. like it's hard for her to put thoughts together. Right. And so, and I feel like for me, I've had to really learn, and I'm still learning, because you know, moms and daughter relationships can be. Kind of tough sometimes but anyway and so i've you know i'm learning to be patient right with times right. that i feel she's kind of slow or doesn't respond quickly you know it's right. not me it could be that her medication is keeping her from being able to make quick coherent thoughts right. and responses right. you know things like that or times where she's in pain and she comes and stays with us and she's right. in bed a long time and right. you know and things think, like that i think
0: that's a that's a call for us as individuals too to know what we're putting in our bodies and not just to take the first thing because I last year when I was having I was getting sick over and over and they tried to put me I want to say it was singular Mm -hmm. and I I, Mm -hmm. before I even decided to take it I brought home and I was reading through all of the like what it could what are those right. called? The, the side effects. The side so, effects, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That word. Um, the yeah. side effects. And I was like, like the first one on there was like, may cause... Um, depression and death or something like that like right like suicidal right. thoughts and well, like these things yeah. and I was like I don't even yeah. want to like go right. down that path right. of like messing with my mind right you know like yeah. no thanks Sing,
2: yeah singular <laughs> now has a black similar. box warning which a black box warning is like a super super strong warning yeah. mm. about it um so so there's yeah. but there's stuff yeah. like that you hear singular and you think oh, oh. allergy medicine yeah. so that's what I thought right, right? yeah mm-hmm. right and so but so you like to really know what you're putting into your body yeah. for sure right right well and one of the, one of our favorite quote medications, caffeine. I will often <laughs> talk to people. I know, I know. I am on as we're drinking I, am as coffee, we're drinking. I am on sacred ground. But you know, if somebody is telling me, you know, I just feel so anxious all the time, I am going to talk hmm. to them. So how many of those Red Bull things are you drinking? Yeah. Because and and oftentimes there are making those adjustments will be helpful because our physical bodies do impact us mm-hmm. and and to well, think and it, that all that caffeine yeah. isn't gonna fire you up and you think about too the effects of caffeine you know they kind of get you going and going mm-hmm.
1: but then sometimes like if you've had too much or something you crash right. and right. then and if you do that every day you can really think that you've got issues Right. When you just maybe need to come right. come back, no, right. and that's not to right. oversimplify yeah. some of those right. those harder right. those you know those harder struggles because they definitely are right. there. But like you said, start small. Yeah. Start with yeah. what is most obvious, right. and then work your way through to the more complex. Right. To
2: really diagnose right. what the problem well, is. Well, and and it's like that little boy I mentioned that was on singular to tell his parents as and i think part of it he was throwing fits and you know it was really bad to give them parenting tools is not i mean it's going to help but it's like asking this little little boy to obey his parents with both hands tied behind all of their backs mm-hmm. you know and that's the same thing for the anxious person if you're drinking 20 cups of coffee a day you're I'm sorry you're going to be anxious that's just mm-hmm. definitely it, you not know, helping your, your heart yeah <laughs> your heart your your physical heart's going to beat faster it just is mm-hmm. and so we need to be aware of those things and and be compassionate and
0: yeah okay so I have a question then yes this was not on topic or not okay. on our list but what do you what do you say to someone who is can thinks that they or their child has ADD ADHD
2: Okay, Doctor Hodges. Yeah, (laughs) Doctor Hodges also talks about that. Um, See, Doctor Hodges. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he's really just a really great biblical counselor and a great resource. One of the things I would say a lot of times, children, and it's typically boys, get that label, and some of it I think is how we do things, Um, like how we parent. How we parent, but also even, you know, watch it at church. There are some people that, grown-ups, grown-ups, I can picture one in my mind right now, that sits and jiggles, you know, moves his leg oh, no. the whole time. And have you been or sitting behind up. me? Yeah. Well, I, oh, I kind of do that too. You know, But but you can see they're looking around, I mean, not everybody learns the same way and I will send you some stuff I mean I I, again I I just I don't think it's I don't think it's worth the risk and I think the study there are studies out there that often children that are put on those medications they hit their teens and how they've learned how to cope they often become then the next thing is they start using illegal drugs yeah yeah it's there is a connection and so i would be super Do you have hesitant any, um like
1: resources on that, or sources for
2: like statistics or anything. I can
1: look just for, for it. my personal interest. I, I just yeah. find that really interesting yeah. to think about yeah. Yeah. that there is a connection. Yes. There could be yes. a connection between. Yes. Well, and what are the long-term effects what, yeah. of those exactly. types of medications? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I remember. And they reading, don't know. Reading that, yeah. I remember yeah. reading that know. at one point. They don't know, and that's right. what is. I, it's just. Right. It's hard to it's just a hard decision
2: to make because you don't, you don't know. And the risks that makes the risks unknown. And And then, and so often, I mean, even with what Tom's, whatever it is, because people say, well, so do you have a diagnosis? No, but we figured it out ourselves. And what it ended up being was his diet. We have, I call it, he's on the lockdown diet. He has since July, I believe he's had four meals Four meals total that we have not made at one restaurant that we trust, um, sort of. And we've removed all corn, we've removed all grains, all gluten, and he's now, I mean, and he, he, he was a mess. I mean, we thought, well, and the doctors thought I was crazy, too, that that was in the notes um, oh my pretty God. much oh yeah because because Tom's father had MS and he when he walked he looked like his dad the way he walked he he almost you know Tom would tell people I'm not drunk I promise he he was like weeble you know wobbling around and it was his diet and so for if somebody came to me and asked my opinion on ADHD or ADD, whatever, whatever letters you want to call it, I would say, you know, let's look at their diet or if they're eating a bunch of junk and sugar and, and garbage in, it's going to affect them. Um, so that's really good. I
1: feel like that's a, that's such a good takeaway. For all of us. Yeah. Start yeah. small right. first right. and let's right. not go for the nuclear yeah. option of right. thinking that I've got right. serious problems when the problems may be there. Right. I'm not, you know, in right. any way right. saying that they're not, yeah. but to start But small, sometimes it
2: could be red
1: dye.
0: I mean, you, know? you don't want to yeah. be on yeah. Singular right. when you right. could just
1: cut back on right. your coffee. Well,
0: and there's the temptation in the society that we live in for quick fixes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, just give me yeah. the medicine. Yes. Let's just... Calm this down right now, yeah. send well, him to school. It's you <laughs> well you know
2: yeah, and it's it's hard. Honestly, work. It it's easier. Work. It would be easier if 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 we could just give Tom a pill and, and then make him better and want. then he can eat whatever he wants. Mm. Well, yeah. But all so often, what medications do, and I'm not a doctor, I'm not a pharmacist, I have nothing to offer there except my personal opinion. But what they do is they treat the symptom. And so as a medical doctor, say you step on a tack. The doctor can actually medicate you so you don't feel that tack. But how helpful is that? The tack needs to be removed. And i it's like with biblical counseling. You know, there are issues. <sighs> You know, where maybe medications are going to make someone feel better, but it doesn't take care of the problem. Mm-hmm. And we could do a whole thing on chemical imbalances. You know, every, and that's a big one. Everybody talks about chemical imbalances. Yeah. Now, biblical counselors have gotten a bad rap for saying, you know, there's no such we, thing. There's as no as such thing. Well, guess what? I did some research, Healthline, I brought the article, Healthline talks about it doesn't exist. They can't test it. Can't this test. is not so, and isn't yeah. that,
1: and, and it just makes the risk, the risk higher yes. because yes. like when you test for ADHD and this is... Clearly, my unprofessional, like my web and web MD right. research. <laughs> right. So, by no means, this is just what I've gathered. Um, and then I did take some biblical counseling courses when I started. I started the master's program. But anyway, um, a lot of these uh, these uh, uh, conditions are diagnosed with a list of symptoms, right? Not. There is no blood test. So it's just as a warning, just think twice when you're being off, you know, you're being given a list of symptoms and there's no test that can diagnose. because
2: I think that's just the waters get
1: really muddy at at that point.
2: Well, there's no pathology, but here's, and Hodges again uh, talks about someone with migraine headaches. Typically, there's not pathology, right. mm-hmm. and they we do believe anything. we yeah. do believe there are migraine headaches. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever had one, which I have, it's not fun. Yep. Um, I get them. Yeah,
0: and you want to know what right. it was? I had. It, I found it was two things. I was getting ocular migraines, so where you get the black spots, you can't okay. see. Okay. One, I found out that I hadn't been wearing my glasses, and so I was getting severe eye strain, which was oh. causing headaches. And the oh, second goodness. one, when I started wearing my glasses and I was still getting them, I was dehydrated. I wasn't drinking oh, wow. enough water. So when I drink enough water, I don't get them. Right. Right. And, and it, yeah. so it was very two simple, very simple yeah. fixes when right. the doctor wanted to give me right. medication for right. it. Right. And right. I was like... Did you figure mm, that out by yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Good job. Thanks. Well, and yeah. I didn't take singular. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> I just dealt with yeah. my allergies. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Yeah. today yeah.
0: for me yeah yeah, yeah. Um, okay well interesting yeah. so we're that's gonna... what those
1: are called ocular migraines
0: we, yeah, uh, sorry. yeah. I, I got a little lost that. i know, I oh, like, I know right? that's never happened to me but yes oh they're awful because yeah. you can't see you can't see and yeah. i couldn't like it's only for like half an hour for right. me i get those yeah where you yeah. can't see anything but that half an hour is was was like... just talking to yeah. someone that
2: gets them and <sighs> i had nothing to offer yeah. and now i'm like yeah. oh i
1: have some info I know. <laughs> well
2: for me when I get them, it's typically you will almost always see me either with my glasses on or sunglasses. I will not walk outside without grabbing mm-hmm. my sunglasses because there's something with lights. Yes, if a bright light yeah. shines, right. I, right. I can trigger yeah. one for me that, too. Yeah, and stripes, skinny stripes are we <laughs> random. <laughs> um, Lisa bought Tom a shirt for Christmas, and I it was really a cool shirt. It gives Loved you a it. No. I looked at it and I go, I, we're taking this baby back, and I called huh. Lisa because she gets migraines too, and I said, Lisa, did you look at that shirt? And she said, yeah, I thought it was a little funny too. I said, we took it back because
0: <laughs> it triggered because a because migraine. If, yeah,
2: if Tom wears this, I won't be able to see. So, Interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's so funny.
0: Um, Okay, so I have a few questions before we wrap up um, to to kind of close this out. But um, we wanted to ask about, um, like, how to become equipped to become a biblical counselor. Um, So is there any training available to become equipped to a council? And also within that, can biblical counsel be strictly or is it just strictly ministry or can it become a career okay
2: it can become a career um some churches will hire biblical counselors to be on staff there are some biblical counseling centers and they pay their staff and I, I personally am thankful that Tom and I have been able to counsel and not charge and that it is a ministry of the church. So that's, that's my two I have cents a question. on that. Yes. and
1: I haven't prepared you for this, but like, what do you think about biblical counseling centers and they're
2: Okay. If you could
1: see her face. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, because... You well, okay if it's if it's the job of the church
0: and your church isn't doing it right so so okay and maybe that's why they yeah. propped up
1: is right because, yes but, you know yes but
2: anyway i, I, I think there's there can be a place for it um if somebody's not part of a church maybe that's where they're going to want to go maybe they think you know they they're spiritual but they're not part of a church so i don't i don't personally know what you do with that yeah. there is a place i guess well okay Ugh. i i i think if the church was doing what it's called to do mm-hmm. these wouldn't exist now as part of grace bible church we have Biblical Counseling of the East Valley. Tom is the director of that. It's part of getting people equipped and trained. But here's the focus. The focus is to train churches how to biblically counsel so that BCEV should not even, it, it exists to train, but not necessarily to counsel. So if somebody comes from another church, and I'm, uh, oh, I'm trying to see if I thought I brought it. Eh. Oh, I can't find it, so I'm going to wing it, which is dangerous. <laughs> um, so if somebody comes from another church, what, what the request is, is if you're part of a church and you want to come to BCEV for counsel, you need to bring one of your pastors or elders with you. If they don't want to do that, then I believe the request would be well while you're getting biblical counseling here you need to come to church here. And we we're, we're not in the business of sheep stealing, but it is I'm sorry, sheep stealing. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say that out loud because I'm yeah. sitting here bouncing because yeah. I'm giggling. Yeah. <laughs> Um,
0: it it just what is the purpose of them bringing their
2: pastor with it them? Helps train their pastor. Okay. Yeah. Because they yeah. should be getting that right. counsel at right. their own church. Okay. And I feel really strongly that you know, okay. And I'm, I hope I'm not offending anybody, but oh well. Um, if if their church is not willing to counsel them think they should find a different church Mm -hmm. because that is the church's job it is not it is to shepherd the sheep and if the sheep aren't being shepherded right Right. (laughs) you need to go somewhere they are right and and i don't believe that it's just the pastors and elders that need to be doing it it needs to be this is part of the one another's there's 56 at least one another's in scripture We are called to counsel and help and come alongside and love one another. There's a whole bunch of instructions for us. And that would fall
0: inside the category of mentorship.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. And I know you had asked, what's, what's the difference between biblical counseling, mentoring, discipleship? They all are kind of interwoven. Biblical counseling typically is looking at more of a specific issue, whereas discipleship mm-hmm. or mentoring can be more of a, it's more of a shotgun. You hit everything. Wait. Yeah. Shotgun for, for mentoring and discipleship. You're hitting all kinds of areas. Biblical counseling is more like a rifle. You're going into a targeted, yeah, targeted yeah. spot, okay. mm. if you like the gun analogy. <laughs> um, so if you ask, so if somebody wants to get trained, um, there's multiple ways. If you're here in the Valley, there's BCEV, uh, Biblical Counseling of the East Valley, and there's classes um, They're very good classes. I've taken yeah.
1: some. I'd like to take yeah. more, but, you know. Yeah.
2: Um, So there's that. But the very first thing is read your Bible. Mm -hmm. Be a student of God's Word. That If you want to be a biblical counselor, you've got to know God's Word. Now, I also...
1: Well, and I feel like I've taken those classes more so for my benefit. Right. Because uh, I think biblical counseling in its simplest form is simply learning how to use the bible and apply it to your life and then you being disciplined to apply the biblical principles that are in scripture and when you do that it's kind of you know you
2: kind of see amazing things happen in your life right and and my takeaway too and i have said this for years if all you know in your bible is you know what the bible says fear not will you tell your Sister, that's afraid. You know what? The Bible says fear not. So you need to fear not. And you come alongside. You Mm -hmm. share. You know, if what you're sharing comes from God's word, it is powerful.
0: So are there then any counseling programs? Like someone's like, you know, I want to be... A biblical counselor right. I want to be right. that person in my church right. that can like right. come, that come yeah yes. or whatever or be the good friend or whatever right. and they're like I'm going to pursue a master's degree in it mm-hmm. or like whatever yeah. like are there programs to avoid oh
1: yes I'm sure there are and if you have a question about one talk to Ann <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's my yeah. that's that's my yeah. advice yeah. so what do need you help yeah. Topic. But what do you
0: what do you look kidding. for? What do you what are well, some like red flags
2: of like eh? Don't go to that one. Um, if it's integrating psychology with the Bible, um, if you want to be a biblical counselor, and you know, someone once said of Tom and me, you guys are Bible only, and it was like, <laughs> praise God, yeah. we don't, you know, we haven't done any other so i have a question off the heels of that
1: if it is the church's responsibility to counsel is it the church's responsibility to equip those to counsel yes
2: and that's why bcev exists so
1: if i wanted to become
2: a biblical counselor i could first start at my church absolutely and here's the thing tom is certified through ace i always get the initials wrong. acbc I always want to say ACDC. No. Um, <laughs> Very different. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> through AC, ACBC, um, Association of Biblical Counselors and Dis- something or other. Okay, I don't have my hat that has it. Um, th- Your hat? I have a. I have one of their hats <laughs> I bought. <laughs> Which Chaz- has the I initials. <laughs> yes, they do. That's it's awesome. a cool black hat. I like it. Um, um, you know, if somebody is wanting to get trained, there are places you can go through ACBC Association of Christian, I, I don't know that. what their initials Oh, <laughs> know, this is gonna nuts. I should know this. We will put the well, list. We'll figure yes. It yes. out and put it on the yes. website. Um, the other one, there's IBCD, and they're out of California, and they have. Tons of free resources. That's where Charles Hodges, those um, things, videos, audios, come from. And so they have—it's a wealth of information for all kinds of different issues. You know, stuff on family, stuff on marriage, stuff on medical issues. So, I mean,
1: I've had the desire to be certified yes. because at some point in my life, I'd like to go and work at a crisis pregnancy center, mm-hmm. and it's nice to be able to walk in and say, I right. have the certification right. because it will identify you as a cer- with a certain, uh, you know, right. you know you're coming right. out of what kind of program. Right. So that's right. one of the reasons I have thought I'd like to go get yeah. certified. Find a program yes. so that I can yeah. walk into some well, of these places that may need Because those
0: places, you just just yeah. in off the street and yeah. you're like, I know the Bible. Right. Like, okay. Exactly. Right. You know, yeah. and so
1: coming in right with you. something like that right. to an right. organization like that I right. think would be helpful. Right. Um,
2: I haven't quite finished. Yet. Well, and you know what? It's a process, and you can do it. I probably but maybe a
1: pastor's note is enough. I'm yeah, saying. there you go. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just,
2: yeah. Ooh, I'll sign it. I'll, I'll sign it. Epstein's mother. There's like five people that might know what I mean. Um, there, what, what I would say is, go for it. I mean, I probably mm-hmm. have all. I've done all the reading. I've taken the classes. I just haven't taken the test. But, yeah. you know, that's okay. Yeah. I, I can ride on Tom's coattails. But yeah. I'll, I'll give you the links for where you can go get, tra- get training. But I believe super, super strongly get trained even if you never get the certificate. Yeah. You don't need the certificate. Because I do believe all of life is counseling. If you sit down with your friend mm-hmm. over a cup of coffee... And they ask you hey I've got this problem can you help me you start talking you're counseling now you're either giving good counsel or bad counsel biblical counsel or your own opinion Mm -hmm. so all of life is counseling and then the other thing is I really believe men counsel men and women counsel women now occasionally a one or two-time meeting, uh, an elder with a female, but you know, the blinds up so everybody can see in. Door open, and I, I think that's super, super, super important.
0: Hmm. Yeah, thank you. That is excellent advice. Yes. Well, Anne, we really, really appreciate yes. you coming and talking huh. with us about this. I know it's a little like it's a big topic it's a big topic and you're putting a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. out there so but i think it's so helpful and um i just want to encourage anyone if you do have questions about it email us at our greengrassespodcast at gmail.com and if it's something we can't answer we can forward it on to ann absolutely (laughs) um and hopefully um get you know any questions out there but you know, I think it's so good to think through these things and know how to think about them. Uh, so you know, we really appreciate you coming. Well, today. thank you yes. for
2: having me. It was actually fun going through this and putting it together and mm-hmm. thinking it through. So yeah. thank you. Well we appreciate
0: you. your preparations. So as we're wrapping up, because I think this is our longest podcast yet. We <laughs> keep getting long. <laughs> I know, it's awesome. We were talking how Ann and Carla and I could just talk for hours, and it'd be. But we won't. Do but that. we won't do that to <laughs> you. So we're going to wrap things up, and we're going to look ahead to next week, which we are excited about. We're having one of our um, former missionaries. Mm-hmm. She was a missionary in Papua New Guinea. Lori come and talk to us um, about life as a missionary, mm-hmm. and what that looked like, and and you know the possibility of you know what if you wanted to become a missionary. So. Um, We're gonna have that. We wanna also uh, just encourage you to subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts, we're on spotify spotify we're on all the different platforms so subscribe leave us a review Mm -hmm. if you feel so inclined that would help others to find us and know what we're about Mm -hmm. um and yeah yeah i think that's it right so as you go about your week and you uh,
1: we want to encourage you to remember things that are eternal so we'll uh, we will end with isaiah 48 the grass withers and the flower fades but the word of our god stands forever thank you for listening have a great week